Files. This is everybody's favorite movie-based podcast, An Evening at the Movies, and I am your ever-excited and recently recovered host, Casey B. And this is the podcast where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down sodas and discuss all of our favorite movies and why we love them. So, with that said... Joining me tonight on, we are joined tonight by Queenie herself, Amanda. And her friend. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. No, not, not you, Chris. Oh. This friend. It's just a uh, puff marshmallow man. Joining <laughs> um, Amanda tonight. You said it almost just like him too. I love it. It's just a puffed marshmallow man. Joining Amanda in her Zoom window tonight is her favorite limited edition Build-A-Bear stuffed, I guess you can't say animal because it's not really an animal, but it's the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. It's the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. So, and Chris. Like marshmallows. <laughs> he does. He smells like marshmallows. He smells delicious. And he's so happy. Look at that smile. Well, it's because he's on an evening at the movies. Everybody comes on the show and they get happy. And he's sitting on my left boob right now. So that makes everybody happy. In that case, yeah. Boobs <laughs> make the world go round. That they do. And along... You watched that TikTok I sent you, right? Yes. About watched... the girl holding her boob. I, I need watch... to send that to Chris. I watch all the TikToks that you send me. And joining myself. Oh, yeah, me, me too, definitely. <laughs> joining myself and Queenie <laughs> tonight is somebody making his an evening at, well, technically not making his debut per se, because he was part of the live anniversary episode. But as far as official evening at the, an evening at the movie episodes go, Chris is making his official official debut on 
an evening at the movies. So yes. welcome, Chris. Thank you. That's supposed to be my roaring applause sound. I can never do it. Um, <sighs> I can't do it. It just sounds like heavy breathing. <laughs> and Amanda uh, giving obscene phone calls for, yeah. my, uh, for my debut. Hey, there. I used to be good at that. Uh, no, so so there's this TikTok, Chris. I'll send it to you. And the best one is so you've seen TikToks, right? How like a bunch of people can combine where you see a bunch of people on one, like they're responding to another one. You have any idea mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Okay. Duetting. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is duetting, but so the one I can't remember which one I sent you, but there's one with this girl and she's and it's got guys, like eight guys all in different windows, like have all stitched this or stitched duet and whatever. And she's like, I'm going to tell you why women have more fun than men. And they're like, oh, no, bullshit, bullshit. She goes, for starters, I'm holding my left boob right now. And they're like, oh, damn it, she wins. <laughs> we, we were watching the league last night. And um, um, Ruxin was uh, t- like playing with a, a boob implant um, and from Andre. And he was like, he was like, I don't know why women don't just grab their boobs all the time for stress relief. And I told George, I was like, we do. <laughs> or I do. Anyway. I'm gonna, I dated a few women that do. It's kind of weird when you go shopping in Walmart and you turn around and look at your other half and she literally. Hey, you just do one of these things. And you just rest your hands there, and it's nice and cozy and See, good armrest and a good squishy ball. See, stress relief. Guys don't realize that when you women do that, we think that you're mad at us. Oh no, you're just relieving stress. Well, I mean, they're portable stress balls. They are. I can't get mad. If I was a guy, I'd be all about boobs. They're fantastic. So I can't I can't say anything. Everybody loves boobs. Yeah. Everybody. Men, women. Sexual orientation doesn't matter. Yeah. Everybody loves boobs. They're Big fabulous. Small boobies. Round boobies. Hair shaped boobies. What about pancake oh. boobs? I don't know about that. Doesn't matter head titties. <laughs> That's true. You're just glad you get to see them and or touch them. So right, right. Anytime you can uh, can can play with the midget fists, you're it's, it's a good day. Yes. So anyway, um, I'll send you that TikTok. It's funny, even though I described it to you. It's funnier if you watch it. So well, it's always funnier when you actually watch it and don't actually take a description. Nothing offense, you know. No offense to you, but nobody ever describes it. I don't care. That's like that would be like me trying to tell Richard Pryor jokes. Or not. We'll see. Oh, I, I can hear movies Every time I hear another Ray Parker song, Ghostbusters written by Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Just kidding. Um. <clears throat> so yes, oh, I have some stuff to say about that when we get to it. Well, when we get to it, yes. But um, before, well, obviously, if you couldn't tell from the hint of music in the background. Tonight, we are going to be discussing the 1984 Columbia Pictures classic Ghostbusters. But Ghostbusters! Yes, go Sorry. Ahead. But before we get there, 
we do need to I mean, obviously it's what 10 days late now but um on february 12th of this year um ghostbusters director ivan reitman passed away in his sleep at the age of 75 um for those of you who don't know ivan reitman founded the montecito picture company in 1998 as well as directed Hollywood classics such as Meatballs, Stripes, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Twins, Ghostbusters 2, Kindergarten Cop, Dave, and Junior, just to name a few. As Very well, nice. As well as produced iconic movies such as Animal House, Beethoven, Space Jam, and Howard Stern's Private Parts. Very nice. I forgot about Twins. That was a good movie. I love that movie. Um, he did produce a movie last summer, but um, it's a sequel to a movie that he produced back in 1996, and we're not going to discuss that movie because I hate Space Jam 2. There's a Space Jam 2? Did you not Ew. know that there was... Where have you been for the last year? Does this face look like I knew that? <laughs> there's a Space Jam 2? I know there's a remake with LeBron that nobody wanted to watch. Well, yeah, that. Oh, that, well, I thought that was a remake. Nobody wanted to, but somebody did. And that's an hour and 28 minutes of my life. I will never, ever get back again. That's your fucking mistake, bro. We all told you. You even told yourself, don't watch that shit. You got nobody to blame but yourself, KCB. Yeah. Whatever. But is it worse than the fourth Matrix movie? I haven't seen it. I wanted my free back. That's how bad the fourth Matrix <laughs> movie was. I would put Space Jam with LeBron probably just about on the same level. It's, it's horrible. Ouch. Not watching it. I will say... LeBron James I, you, did not act his way out of a wet paper bag. So I was actually going to say something about that because you know I hate LeBron. Like, LeBron can eat a whole bag of dicks. <coughs> but, but I will say I actually thought he was kind of cute in Trainwreck. Now, granted, it was a small part and he was playing himself, so it wasn't that much of a stretch, but I thought it was kind of cute. He was playing himself in Space Jam. Yeah, but he oh, overacts yeah, someone on the basketball court. Do you think he can do it on television? <laughs> I, I do want to say one thing about, about Ivan Reitman as I was doing some, some oh, yeah. research for this episode. Um, Ivan Reitman's parents were gangster as fuck. Ooh, uh, his mother was an Auschwitz survivor. Mm. And his father was a underground resistance fighter fighting the Nazis during World War II. Uh, and Ivan was actually born in the Czech Republic at the beginning of the Cold War. Uh, so, so this is a man who, whose parents were legit badasses, right? And, and got him to the U.S. And uh, I think he did them proud with everything he, with all the joy he brought us over the years. Yeah, for sure. He was a genius. Him, him, and Harold Ramis. I'm really sad they're gone. Since we're talking about Ghostbusters, the two of them just... Yeah. At least he got to stick around long enough to see his kid 
direct Afterlife. Harold didn't even get to do that. Yeah, I, I think I think having Jason direct Afterlife was the right move. Uh, and I uh, also Harold and Jason are the only only the second father son duo to be nominated for Best Picture. Oh, I forget what picture they were on together, but it's only happened twice in the history of the Oscars. Interesting. Who's the other one? Uh, I'd have to go back Co- and look. It's... Is it Coppola's? I mean, no, that's father daughter, but they weren't both no. nominated for Godfather Three. I don't know. I'd have to look, but okay. No, I don't think Coppola was. I don't think Francis was nominated for three. Three yeah, was Godfather Three wasn't that great. I was gonna say three was kind of a hot mess, and truth be told, when you have the legacy of Part One and Part Two to follow up, yeah. You, sorry, he was see, he was born in uh, Slovakia, not okay. uh, not the Czech Republic. Sorry, although. At the time, it was Czechoslovakia, uh, but now it's the it's part where he was born was part of Slovakia. Gotcha. Uh, okay, here we go. He and Jason Reitman are one of only two father-son producing teams to be nominated for Best Oscar uh, for Up in the Air in 2009, or 2010 when it was nominated. I didn't know that. I love uh, that movie. Mario Kechigori and Vittorio Kechigori for The Postman in 1994. The movie's terrible. Oh no! Wait, I'm thinking of Waterworld. Postman's good. Never mind. Um, Interesting. But yeah, it's only happened twice that a father-son duo has been nominated for. for I did uh, not know they picture. produced Up in the Air. Up in the yeah, Air. Yeah, Reitman produced a lot of stuff that that he uh, um, was a, a really a step away from what he would would directed and written. His producing right was more serious. Well, some of it. Uh, than uh, than what he directed and wrote. Uh, But he had a hand in a a lot of great projects. Like I said, brought joy uh, to a lot of people over many, many movies. Well, and even like when I was researching his filmography for that little hats off to him, I mean, the damn list is a mile freaking long. And it's like, okay, I'm not obviously going to list every one of these things off because we'll be here all fucking night. Right. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. I wanted to get, you know, the big classics that everybody was going to know. Yeah. And still. And you did. I just, that surprised me. No, but I mean, I don't even recall seeing up in the air, even on the list for his producer credits. But and that movie's not for everyone anyway, so I think a lot of people would say it's boring, but I really like it. So, R.I.P. Ivan Reitman, you will be missed. Absolutely. Um, I know we'll talk about this, but and and George is downstairs, but he would attest to this. Ghostbusters is one of my all-time favorite movies. Anytime it is on the TV, I will stop and watch it. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. That and Karate Kid. I could see it a million times. I will still watch it every single time. Halloween. Well, that too, yeah. But that's not on TV as much. (laughs) I don't tend to watch Ghostbusters on broadcast because they cut out gags that just really make the movie. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't want to go too deep into it because I kind of have a, a breakdown in my mind of the of the, the Ghostbusters. 
how I want to describe them, but uh, well, and I the remember, way they cut it kills the dynamic. Yeah. I remember being in grade school when it first came on, like, I don't know, ABC, NBC, CBS, whatever the hell channel aired it when it first came out. And obviously it wasn't cable, so it's edited for television, which means all the swear words are taken out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there aren't that many i mean there's some but there's not no, a lot but there's some significant ones like when they're in the mayor's office at the well not at the end but leading up to you know the final battle and <laughs> they he just got him out of jail and brought him to his office freaking i knew where you're going heck from the epa shows up and they're Pecker. All- forth about who's right who's wrong you're not going to do this blah 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 and the line in the theatrical movie that i think dan Aykroyd said was he called um peck dickless and the mayor's like dickless over here (laughs) shut off the power grid and he's like is this true and bill murray's like Yes, it's true. This yes. man has no dick. This man has no dick. But then when <laughs> they aired it on broadcast TV, he called him Wally Wick. And I'm like, oh. no, that, no, that's just It's bad. gotten a little better now, though, with the way the FCC has changed that they can say a lot more words now, but still. Right. I get what you're saying. Well, and you have to remember that there were no TV ratings at this point, right? There was no whatever the MALV or whatever the fuck they mm-hmm. have now, right? And, and, and there was no PG-13 either, so I think this movie was actually rated R. Mm. Or it may have been PG. It was like on the line. There was no PG-13 yet. No, yeah. Um, I would think Dick so, would put it into an R rating, but... Well, and the, the I've seen shit that'll turn you white from the from the same scene that, that Casey <laughs> just described. Um, and, and there were all sorts of jokes that, and another bit of the genius of this movie, that that you get one level of the joke as an adult, another level of the joke if you caught it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, are you Alice menstruating right now? Okay, first of all, that I was just I, about to bring that up because I didn't know what it meant the first right, time. Right, right. And you're like, okay, that's a personal you know it's a personal question because the guy's like, what does that have to do with it? But back off, man, I'm a scientist. You only have to be like seven to get that yeah. joke. Right? And, and, and the, the way he delivers it. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Like, oh, Bill Murray. Okay. Yeah. Oh, his ability to deadpan is is legendary. But yeah, I remember not knowing what menstruating meant. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, because this movie came out in what eighty four, and mm-hmm. one I, of the best years ever for movies. Yep. Right. Um, I obviously I was seven at the time, and there was no shot in hell that I was going to get to go see this in the movie theater. But. So I didn't see it until probably summer of 85, fall of 85, because this is back when it took a year, year and a half for right to come out on VHS. So and fuck yeah, special I, features, there weren't any. Right. Definitely, and there was absolutely no post-credit scenes. Well, no, you I might get a blooper reel every once in a while. Yeah, true. I mean, occasionally you might get an off the wall movie. I can think of a couple where, yeah, you did get a 
mid credit or post credit scene but yeah not like freaking today fucking you're you don't have a good movie if you don't have a post credit scene anymore right Right. the post credit scenes back then were always to set up a sequel that you rarely got right yeah but see anyone so okay so um so do you say, do you have some fun facts about this movie or not really? I don't. I was going to actually let you. So I have a couple. Well, um, announce them and we can discuss. Okay. So the first one is who uh, was originally considered, who was originally cast to play uh, Vinkman two two people so the first the first one that was in their mind obvious um okay well okay i was gonna say is this the one that actually dan Aykroyd wrote the movie to co-star with because i I don't he wrote it with him in mind yeah well yeah john belushi he started writing it in 82 and then belushi died in 82 and columbia was like well okay because from what i read the idea for the original script was him and belushi traveling through time and space and fighting all Mm -hmm. supernatural creatures and yeah it was supposed to be a time travel movie yeah and columbia pictures was like um no this is going to cost way too much freaking money we're not no here's what you're going to do you're going to we're hiring harold ramus you're going to set the movie in new york and you're going to make it a lot more real than fantastical and two years later you got what we got so yeah so then and i never knew this until i was kind of just like looking some stuff up because i knew some stuff but not i did not know this michael keaton was actually hired to play Vinkman. Like they cast him in the role. And then um, Dan Aykroyd started doing stuff with Bill Murray on SNL and they fired Michael Keaton, you know, replaced. I don't, I don't know how it went about, but Michael Keaton was actually cast to play it. And then they replaced him with Bill Murray. And a lot of people forget that Keaton was actually a really good comedic actor. And that's why they picked him. They were like, he can do this deadpan thing, his dry delivery, like he would be good for it. And I could see it. I seem to remember back when we did Beetlejuice, I think, where we were talking about Keaton and his one of his biggest breakout roles being Mr. Mom Mm -hmm. and how he stole the movie and well, not necessarily stole the movie, but yeah, I mean, the man is a lot funnier than people think he is. Right. He's hilarious. Uh, The the movie gung ho. I don't know if you all have seen that one where he's, he's running the, the, Casey loves this movie. He talked about it on our work episode. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. The man's deadpan for the entire movie. Then I'm doing gung ho on an evening at the movies. Well, I'm going to find the DVD because I, I I need to rewatch it because it's been oh god twenty thirty years since I've seen it. Oh yeah. Uh, But that movie is hilarious. Uh, There there are lines I still use from that movie. 
Uh-huh. We're gonna start cutting corners, like engines. I mean, I'm I'm glad it was Bill Murray, but I I could see Michael Keaton still pulling it off. The only thing I don't think he has that Bill Murray has is the charm factor. I think Michael Keaton is charming in kind of a a dorky way. I think Bill Murray, at least in that day, was charming in a you know semi-sexual way like i don't think he was hot but he had that just overall i don't think suave demeanor of he thought he was hot shit and he could get anybody he wanted i don't think the chemistry would have been the same between michael keaton and sigourney weaver as it was between Mm -hmm. bill murray and sigourney weaver and there was times even in the movie that it honest to god didn't seem like Bill and Sigourney even had much chemistry between them. But I thought they were cute. But they yeah. shared what four scenes? Yeah, you don't act like a scientist. A You're more like a game show host. <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyway, that was interesting. I I didn't know that. Um, I mean, Belushi, I think I knew, but Michael Keaton, I didn't know about that. Um, well, Ivan I, Reitman. Oh, sorry. Good. Well, I was just gonna say. Ackroyd and Belushi were through the Saturday Night Live years and the last few cinematic years of Belushi's life. Yeah, they were were very, very pretty much too young to have gotten the bulk of that joy, but yeah, it's nice to have. There's a lot of documentaries you can watch and, um, there's a book I would recommend called The Castle on Sunset, and it's all about um, what a crap the name is escaping my mind. The name of the hotel where he died, which was like the hotel for it's like how the Viper Room was the place on Sunset Strip. This hotel was on Sunset Strip, and it was like the place for celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I can't remember. But the book's called The Castle on Sunset, it's really interesting. So, lots of historical Hollywood stuff in there well Um, like two ever since nbc launched peacock they actually have every season of saturday night live online so you can go all the way back to the beginning and get to see belushi and chevy chase and Aykroyd and Mm -hmm. bill murray and all of that you know in the quote-unquote classic saturday night live era i mean yes granted eventually you'll get to the eddie murphy's and the mike myers and dana carvey's and all that too as well but i mean yeah you know speaking of eddie murphy where you're going speaking of eddie murphy eddie murphy eddie murphy was cast to play winston but he was under contract for Beverly Hills Cops, so he didn't do it. Which so he fell for the name on the tailpipe. Exactly. Which is it weird because Eddie Murphy was not the number one choice to play Axel Foley either. Really? We talked about this, and I can't remember who it was, but Rambo. yeah, he, he was already under contract when he got, huh? Beverly Hills Cop was originally written for bum, 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 Sylvester Stallone. Ew. Oh, no. No. 
Oh, Stallone can do comedy, but I don't think he it's at the point in his career he could not... have. He couldn't have done Axel, but okay. have you seen Oscar? Oh my god, I was just going to say Oscar! <gasps> High okay. five through the screen because nobody's seen that movie. I love that movie. It's like Disarming Germany. So many great lines in that movie. So, it, it, Tim have Curry. you seen Oscar? Yeah. Oh, so underrated. It's like Clue to me. It's so fucking underrated. And that is probably Tim Curry's most unknown and one of his best performances. Oh, yeah. I forgot. He's the elocution coach. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. No, Salone can do comedy, but he can't. Again, it's about the being suave and being charming and being like, you know. So Salone doesn't have that on the same level. He couldn't deliver I think, the role the same way that Martin Brest, the director, wanted. Or Tony Scott. Mm-hmm. I think it was, no. Whoever yeah. directed the first movie. And they butted heads and ultimately Stallone walked away and created his own version of Beverly Hills Cop, which we all know today as Cobra. And then Eddie Murphy got cast as Axel Foley and the rest is as they say Memorex. The rest is history. <laughs> I'd rather watch Beverly Hills Cup 3 than watch Cobra. Yeah. Hey, I did get to go to Universal to that subway where they do the whole subway scene in Beverly Hills Cup 3 and all the waters coming in. That was pretty cool. Or I don't know if it's a subway, but you know the underground underground train or whatever it was. So let me uh, let me do my other two quick things, and then we can start talking about the movie. Yes. Um, quick one. Ivan Reitman was the voice of Zool. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did not. I did not. That's cool. Yeah. And lastly, um, so we all know that the more so in the '90s, I think, but even in like the late '80s, '90s, there were a lot of lawsuits over music. So I didn't really know this either. And so I'm going to cue it up and I want you guys to tell me what you think um, over who sued who over music regarding this movie. So first song. That's Huey Lewis. Mm-hmm. That is, I want a new drug. Uh, that is that. Okay. So. I vaguely, I think, remember the story now. I think I saw it on a Behind the Music once. Hurry up. Okay, so I have thoughts about this. So yes, Huey Lewis sued Ray Parker Jr. in a lawsuit that lasted for 11 years and was settled out of court over Ghostbusters being too much like I want a new drug. I'm sorry. 
how the fuck? Like, I can I can definitely hear the resemblance, but if Vanilla Ice got away with ripping off Under Pressure, which was the exact same one-tenth of a beat, like, how did that happen? I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. Is that a solid case? I don't, I don't think so. Well, so Ghostbusters and, and I Want to Do Drug, I'm pretty sure was pre-Paul's Boutique. Whereas uh, Vanilla Ice was post Paul's Boutique, and you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Paul's Boutique being the great album from the Beastie Boys, which is oh, the reason yeah. why there are rules on sampling now. Yeah. Uh, so they, they finally set out rules in the industry of what was and what was it stealing after Paul's Boutique and how much of another song you could use without permission. Right. Um, which is why the, the suit from Huey and, and Ray Parker probably went on much, much longer. Yeah. And then apparently, so they settled it. And then later on, Huey Lewis said something about it. And Ray Parker Jr. went back and sued him because I guess part of their settlement was that they weren't allowed to talk about it. We don't talk about Bruno. Um, so I don't Number know. Number one on Sue Club is you don't talk about Sue Club. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely hear the similar uh, but it's not it's not sampling it's not copying it's not even the same thing it's like no. oh you both played a c sharp and now you're gonna sue each other like i don't know yeah interesting. i interesting well that's the the crappy part is it okay if you really want to get down to the brass tacks okay well okay huey lewis used a c sharp in i want a new drug and Ray Parker Jr. used a C-sharp in Ghostbusters. Ray Parker Jr. ripped off I Want a New Drug, obviously, at that point. No. Right. But... I mean, Vanilla Ice straight up ripped off Queen. There's no question that he straight up stole that from under pressure and changed one little thing to make it legal. Why oh, didn't you I just say, I want to sample your song? I remember the MTV interview when yeah. He was actually confronted about the did you rip off Queen? And he's like, Oh no, their song ding 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 and mine ding 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 ding. And it's like Yeah, he absolutely did. Dumb ass you freaking ripped them off big time. Like good rappers know how to sample stuff and do it the right way. Vanilla Ice is just a piece of shit. Well, okay. Eminem sampled people throughout his career. And he's not getting but he sued, sued because right. he probably paid for it. Right, but okay, it's it's music. It. Nothing new is created, right? Yeah. Have y'all seen the the four chords guys on YouTube? No, uh-uh. but yeah, everything is sampled from some, something else. Because the, the, the four chords guys will will get up there with like four guitars and start playing the same chords and start busting out lyrics to different songs because they're on the same chords. Yeah, and it's, it's a little disturbing after a while where you're like, hmm. oh shit, everybody's playing the same stuff. Um, well, I mean, it goes back to the whole thing. If you want to be a rock musician, all you need to know is three freaking chords. That's it. Two if you're in a punk band. Exactly. <laughs> one if you're and one if you're Oasis. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there. I, I said no. guar, actually, but yeah, yeah. None uh, if you're in oh, no, Oasis. No, I mean, we were talking about rock bands. Not a broken down Chevy Nova. Right anyway. or or a. a something about a water bong i don't know yeah 
whatever. <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting tidbit, especially that it went on for 11 years when those songs are nowhere near the same thing. They sound similar, but a lot of songs sound similar. Like, sure. like you said, nothing is really new anymore. It's all redone or whatever, but when you well, it's not just that everything's redone. It's just there, there's only so many ways to play a guitar, right? There's right. only so many, there's only so many things drum. you can do. Yeah. And it's like, if you sample something, okay, you do it the right way, which which is what most rappers do. You know, they're like, I'm going to sample. Now, back in the day, you didn't maybe, you know, like Biggie and Tupac and even before then, they would sample stuff. And it, eventually they had to go get the rights to it. But like on Juicy, you know, with Biggie sampling that, uh, what was it? Oh, oh, what is that song? All right, never mind. But you know what I mean? They they had to get the rights to it. You can't just go copy something and call it your own. There's a heated fight in the early 90s between MC Hammer and freaking Rick James over yeah. the yep. similarities between Super Freak and You Can't Touch This. Oh, that is absolutely super freak. Oh, I yeah, know. it's the exact same. It's a, it's exactly super freak, just like uh, uh, just like Ice Ice Baby is exactly under pressure. Yeah, like it's the same thing. <laughs> just oh, like half of Snoop's first album is George Clinton. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, those were the main ones I had. I just I wanted to play those music clips just to, you know it's so weird how some things are so close like vanilla ice straight up got away with that but yet this went on for 11 years and they're nowhere near the same song well and think they're like the same chords think of how much money that one song has made that freaking white rapper yeah that and ninja ninja rap ninja ninja rap the only good thing from tmnt2 is that's exactly yeah that movie sucked balls that's so horrible Oh, so anyway, yeah. Ghostbusters. Uh, so um, <laughs> really quick before we get into the plot, uh, Ghostbusters released on June seventh, nineteen eighty four, was directed by obviously the late Ivan Reitman. Uh, Columbia Pictures released it. It had a budget of twenty five to thirty million dollars. And had a box office of drum roll, please, two hundred and ninety-five point two million dollars. Not me. For nineteen eighty-four, that's a lot of freaking money. That's a lot of money for right now, but yeah, right. Well, that's yeah. enough on Jeff Bezos' cash uh, couch cushions, but mm-hmm. everybody else, it's a lot of money. Right. So obviously that 295 million translates to approximately in today's standards 798.7 million dollars. And then one billion dollars. And then obviously the other um fact would be that the movie was written by obviously Danny Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Genius. So fucking genius this movie is so genius and i'm glad they didn't go with the whole ghost smasher which was supposed to be the title futuristic thing because this was just just the perfect amount of stickiness for the 80s like it was awesome 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it really is the, the quintessential 80s movie. It, it the, the way they wrote, although apparently most of it was ad libbed, especially anything Bill Murray was saying. Oh, yeah. The, the way that they, they presented the four Ghostbusters, that, that yeah. everybody everybody had a role, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they were all so the cute man. in their own way. And, and, and the face. And uh, Ray is the, the straight man, the, the deadpan <laughs> guy. Egon is the right. adult, right? The nerd. The, the nerd, the adult, the, the guy, he's the glue. Why are you holding that? <laughs> George is like, why are you holding We don't this? fucking know, George. He's part of the episode. And then, and then hi, George. Winston. <laughs> Everybody says hi. Winston's the voice of the audience. Winston's the everyman. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the very first lines that he utters in the movie is if there's a steady pay check at the end of the week I'll believe whatever you want me oh, to believe I'll... exactly right? it's like Especially sorry the... no offense guys but I'm gonna need my own lawyer <laughs> right <laughs> well yeah I mean at this point in the 80s he was the everyday man you know you had mm-hmm. corporate America booming I mean Wall Street all over the freaking place, blah blah blah. And yeah. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> right, right. Uh and Patrick Bateman running around killing people. But uh oh, different time, different time, but yes. Well, still happens in the eighties. Oh, does it? Okay, sorry. Yeah. I don't kill me. I have not seen that movie in so long, I don't remember it. Uh, I, I read the book first, and so the movie. Was kind of, uh, yeah, okay. except for a couple of scenes of the movie were were perfect from the book, but I I, I digress. I guess but I yeah, don't remember that taking. Okay, anyway, yeah. Uh, no, because the book is a big big satire on the axis uh, axis of the eighties. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, but yeah, no, you're you're right. Uh, he, he is the everyman because here you've got all these other movies of the the time period about getting greed rich and making it big, and greed is good, and, and uh move fast and then you have this this not quite homey black guy by homey i mean like homebody not, i knew what you meant right um homie D clown who's just like right we're right not that kind of homie right uh who, who's just there to get a paycheck he just there to do his job that. he needed a job and then he landed in this shit and, and he becomes the voice of the audience and the voice of i'm not going to say reason but the voice of of humanity i've seen uh, shit that'll like, turn you white absolutely um <laughs> he just becomes that guy that echoes what everybody else is thinking everybody else in the room and everybody in the room watching the movie yeah i love winston i think um i think i mean obviously we know that vinkman that bill murray gets a lot of the credit but i i think that even just like the, you know, I feel like Rick Moranis and Annie Potts have such good, like her, some of her lines, like I, I will tell you one of my favorite things that she ever says, and I say this all the time, just randomly, just because it cracks me up and George will be like, why are you saying that? I'm like, I don't know. It's funny. It's like, well, they can't get to you until after the new year. We'll just don't go in there. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. I just say it all the time. We'll just don't go in there. <laughs> 
she's like i've quit better jobs than this <laughs> right right i was just about to say that one actually um and the way she hits on egon she's just like she's like giving him her resume i i like to read and i like to do things like and uh what do you do in your spare time <laughs> i collect spores molten funguses Yep. And, and Casey, I know you have an Afterlife episode coming up, so I'm not going to say too much, but I, I think uh, the way they played her in Afterlife was just... <gasps> She's it? I haven't seen it yet. Oh! I'm so excited. I know. I need to see it. I'm yes, so excited. You do. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I especially, I know we're not on this movie, but her and um, um, what's his name? Rick Moranis' character. Them and the second one are just so adorable. To oh me. god, I hate the second one. <gasps> are you serious? Yes. Okay, well, you're gonna yeah. get mad at me because Ghostbusters is like if we're talking top five sequels that are almost or close to as good as the original, Ghostbusters 2 is on that list. It's so fucking good. What is wrong with you? I'm I have taste argument. There's elements of Casey. There's elements of don't two lie. There's also elements of two that are like fingernails on a chalkboard. I agree, but I I don't know. I like. I think it. they tried so hard to recapture the magic from the first one that they missed. I don't. I think they did. I think it was. Okay, well, whatever. I think Ghostbusters 2 is great. The little freaking, what, Hungarian head of the museum, Janos. I love him. Oh my God. He is Vigo. I don't care who he is. All right, you guys suck. I love Ghostbusters 2. But anyway. Oh, I'd watch it again, but. It's not one of those that I'm going to rush out and, ooh, I haven't seen this in 10 years. I need to see it again. Well, remember how we threw out the best movie sequels because we did the worst movie sequels? Ghostbusters 2 would be one of my best ones. So, just saying. Yeah, so let's not do that simplest episode because I don't want to have to make you cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to fuck what you think. I love you, but I love Ghostbusters 2. So, fuck you. <laughs> Oh, God, I lost that one. There is no Dana, only Zool. Okay. So, Casey, do we do we need to break down the plot, or should we just I go through our favorite quotes or lines, or how do you want to do this? I don't think we really need... I'm sure. Everybody knows what Ghostbusters is about. Do we want to talk to anybody that doesn't know the plot of Ghostbusters? If you... Mm -mm. I will say this right now. You can't sit with us if you haven't seen Ghostbusters. If you have not, if you, okay, if you've been sitting here with us for the last, what, hour and a half and <laughs> have not seen Ghostbusters, then shame on you. Go to timeout. This, yeah. What the hell have you been doing sitting here listening to us ramble for an hour and a half after not seeing the damn movie? Besides the fact that it is a comic piece of Americana. Better yet, what have you been doing with your life if you haven't seen Ghostbusters? Right. If you were that sheltered. 
Agreed. Um, okay, so... No parents were hurt in the filming of this episode. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Nobody's smacking anybody. Um, so... We can cut, cut to our favorite quote. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all know what Ghostbusters is, who's in it, what it's about. I think... Yeah. Maybe we just spend a few minutes talking about our favorite quotes and our, our favorite things about the movie because this movie brings me so much joy. So right. I hope it does to most people that have watched it. Chris, since you're the... You, All right, Chris, you go. Would you like to go with your... Oh. Favorite, favorite line? My first favorite line. There's so many. Right, right. I, I, I think um, each take a turn with one or two, and then that way we all. Because I'm pretty sure we're all going to pretty much say the same lines. Yeah, a couple have already been already been touched on. So I'm trying to. I've got one that hasn't been touched on, and I think it's also the the quintessential Ray moment from that same scene in the mayor's office. I'm sorry, it's before that in the in the jail cell. No, when when Pecker is shutting them down. Um, my name is Peck, but anyway, uh, <laughs> when, when finally Ray throughout the entire movie gives it completely calm but finally loses his shit and looks at Peck and yells, Your mother, and has to be restrained. That's Egon. Is that Egon? Yes, fuck me. Anyway, okay, so the entire movie, <laughs> your mother, <laughs> right? Okay, so the entire movie, Egon's being even more reserved than Ray, yeah. right? And he's finally just like. Has had enough of everybody. Yeah, Egon and just loses. Wants it. to kill the government guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was that was a good one. That was. Why awesome. that was Ray? Damn that it! Moment for Egon to melt down because it. Yeah. It builds throughout the entire spectrum of the movie, and then you get to that scene in the office, and it's just like, bam, it's on. And yeah, and, and he's so dry, you know. Like, even when you don't think he's being funny, I still laugh. Mm -hmm. Like, like when he, when they're talking, you know, testing Dana or whatever, and he's like, she's telling the truth, or at least she thinks she is. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh. It's like, of course I'm telling the truth. Who would make up a story like that? He's so pragmatic to the point of everything he says comes off as, as uber sarcastic and funny because he's just so matter of fact about everything. Yes. Yeah. Which is why I love him. He's so cute. Um would you like to go next? Please? Casey? Oh, sure. I have again, I have so many. Um I've only got five. I, I think oh. Well, I've got a lot. Um oh no, I take it back. Six. Crap. I I have one that just left my brain. So hopefully it will come back. But I think one of the quintessential lines, um, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. the one. Yeah. I mean, uh, perfect Vinkman. Right. Nice little homage to uh, to Caesar there uh, while also talking some shit. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Casey? Okay, so my first one actually is going to be a tip of the hat to, well, 
obviously the line was in the movie, but it got its own little tribute in um, How I Met Your Mother. And it was a line that Winston spoke during the final battle to Ray. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say <laughs> yes. You say yes. <laughs> Oh, I just remembered my other one. Okay, I'll have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's a good one. When someone asks if you're a god, you say yes. Well, I mean, that seems like uh, common sense. You're in, you know, hip deep in the shit. And, you know, the person you're doing battle with asks you if you're a god. No. Okay. Die. Are you a god? he's like no (laughs) then die so great yeah Uh, it's the the look on his face when he delivers that line of no motherfucker you just almost got me killed yeah no I love the look on Ray's face when he's like he looks so confused he's like no Like yeah, the way the way uh, he emotes that line is mm-hmm. just oh, so great. Yeah, so great. Uh, what else you got, Chris? So uh, immediately before uh, the "Are you a god?" moment, that that speech, and I'm trying to find it, where where uh, Ray, it's really is Ray this time, where he tells basically tells Gozer to get the fuck out. Oh yeah, and he like, delivers it so perfectly, like he's reading off a yes damn city ordinance or something. And it's so just, like go go impregnate some other hellhound or something. Like yeah, I know what you're talking about. I love that. Find it and read it to us. That's a good one. Yeah, he that's a great monologue for him. Go impregnate some willing hellhound or something like that. <laughs> no, is that not what I'm ta- what you're talking about? No, because it's like goes with the Gozerian, you're you're this and this, and you know, you're go to another plane of existence or something. I swear there's some line where he says something about go impregnate some willing hellhound or something like that. And I thought uh, but I don't remember. That's the problem is there's so many damn good lines throughout the entire freaking movie. I know. I mean, you literally could almost beat for beat from the time that they walk out onto the freaking roof for the final battle until mm. literally they come downstairs take the marshmallow it's all freaking... he smells it smells like burnt dog hair <laughs> right oh Vegman I'm, I'm I'm sorry here we go here's the here's the speech <laughs> okay. go to the Gozerian good evening as a duly designated representative of the city county and state of New York I order you to cease and desist any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith <laughs> to your place of origin or the nearest convenient parallel dimension. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what? The line I'm thinking of is from Ghostbusters 2. He says that to Vigo. It's a similar speech, like what you just, but he uh, says uh, the same thing to Vigo in the painting. I remember Go impregnate some willing hellhound. Yeah. Could you see the slow blink? I don't care. <laughs> um yes so that's a good one he's so yeah he's so like uh, i'm mr i'm gonna 
I'm uh, he he's like the good cop. Like right. I'm I'm reading straight from the book, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> um. Okay. So I remembered my my other one that I mean, there's more, but when they're in the mayor's office, uh-huh. and you know, Vinkman, he's like, it's like, you know, if we're wrong, whatever, we'll go to jail, whatever. But Lenny, if we're right about this, and we can and we can fix this. You will have just saved the lives of millions of registered voters. <laughs> Anytime so I am watching something and somebody has to have a conversation with a politician about pulling off some shit, <laughs> I say that out loud. Yeah. We're away peacefully, quietly. But if we're right, Lenny. Lenny. <laughs> will save the lives of millions of eligible voters. And it's so good. That's another one of those lives that as a kid, you're like, you know that. Bankman's pulling a fast one on the mayor. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, you're like, oh my God, he's beating a politician in his own fucking game. Yeah, it's fucking classic. Uh, it, it, it's, it's so great. Yeah. I love that one. I was going to use that one next, damn it. Oh, sorry. All right, well, we we got it. Such a good one. He's so smooth. It really is. Uh, Casey? All right, my next one is a Bankman line. Let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. Yes. That, is a that good one. totally encompasses the entire <sighs> New York City attitude about yes. I think you're badass, but we're New Yorkers and you're not coming into our house and shitting all over us. And no, this is how we do shit downtown, bitch. Mhm. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that whole sequence is uh, is beautiful because you 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 get moments of stark terror from everybody and moments of I've had enough of this bullshit from everybody all, all in a, a short time. And in fact, my next one that I had picked uh, is from that same sequence. Uh, another great fake one line. We'll be going about this all wrong. This tape up is okay. He's a sailor. He's in New York. We're getting played. He won't have any problems. Yes. Maybe it's Fleet Week. We don't know. Right, right. I mean, we'll, we'll get him some nice, nice mushroom ass and yes. um, or marshmallow ass. Pardon me, and it'll take care of everything. Well, I love Ray. He's so cute. He's like, I just tried to think of, of the simplest thing from my childhood, the thing that brought me so much joy, and I love. So this is one of my favorite things is the whole Stay Puffed scene because he we grew up with the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Nobody knows what that is now. So we're like speaking Mandarin to people right now that don't know what we're talking about. But this gigantic marshmallow stomping through New York City and he's got this face on. He looks so fucking happy while he's stomping on everything because that's his face. And even when he's climbing the tower, he's got this smiley face on. Until it's so cute when they cross the streams and all of a sudden and set him on fire turns upside down but that's when they so at um code everybody in freaking at mess. main event you, okay okc has a main event do you have a main event casey or a dave and busters like something like that i know in aberdeen you don't but like I think our nearest Dave and Buster's, I think, is actually down in Oregon. Okay, but you know what it is, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 
adult Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. So at our main event right here, they have a Ghostbusters game. So you sit down and you're trying to uh, kill all the ghosts. And then the end part is you're trying to kill Stay Puft as he's coming up the building. And in the game, he looks happy. And then as he crawls up more, he gets this angry face on. And I'm like, it's not like that in the movie. <laughs> it's my favorite game to play, though. I like it. No, because I think the only time his facial expression changes is that last moment when yeah. you smile to as he literally right. bursts into flame. And then he snows more. <laughs> We don't vote. Be here all week. Tip your week. Yep. yep. Um, okay, whose turn is it? Because I still have two more. <laughs> uh, I believe it's Casey's. I just did my. No, I think. Yeah, it's yours, Chris. Downtown. All right. I, I, I. This is the line that, that is so beautifully deadpan and so beautifully set up. And it's a, it's a combo Ray and Venkman quote. And it's been mentioned several times in this episode already. Uh, and this is the line that I, I swear to God, my brother would watch the movie and rewind this sequence and play the joke 10 or 20 times in a fucking row. <laughs> and it's the, everything was fine until the containment grid was shut up by Dickless here. Is this true? Yes, it's true, Your Honor. This man has no dick. no dick. Yes. And, he delivers it in a pure Leslie Nielsen airplane deadpan manner that just fucking slays. Mm-hmm. And that joke is timeless. It, it, uh, the, the actor playing Peck, his reaction was just beautiful. <laughs> to the point of, I'm not entirely sure how scripted that was because right, it was so well set up. And I actually really like, I mean, I love Vaitman's delivery of that, but I really like Ray's delivery of that line because he's so, you don't see him as being that guy. And he's like, until the thing was shoved by Dickless over here. Like he's so, he's so salty and he's just ready to attack somebody. It's so cute. And then during that, he lobs the softball to Vankman who just crushes it. (laughs) Yeah, I love, I love that. Yeah. Ray definitely lobbed the softball up there and Pete, freaking knocked it out of yankee stadium yeah i love that one and i i love that part with vankman but that's a ray part that i actually really love because it's just such a good line for well, him too took so. both of them to make that work right without... oh, no, it's a combo quote right you can't give it to either of them well yeah because so the, the... ray delivering the everything was fine until dickless here shut off the power until grid. dickless over here because I, I like the pause he's like everything was fine until dickless over here shut off the power grid like that little pause just makes it perfect yeah and, and, and even the mayor's line of is this true is important to that joke yes. like all three lines i mean and, and peck's got a line in there about they caused an explosion which is kind of a throwaway line yeah but but the the, the race set up hmm. and then the the mayor's, mayor's response is this which, true <laughs> Which really, which really feeds into Vankman's response, and then Vankman's rapid-fire deadpan, fuck that and, guy. Yeah, his face is just oh, like... Oh, so beautiful. It's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, my God. So good. Um. So, 
I have one that's a part that not a lot of people really talk about. Um, and I don't know why it makes me laugh so hard, but it's at the very beginning when they're in the library and they're, you know, walking through and they're looking for the ghosts and they see the giant book stack and they're like, they're scanning it and they're like, symmetrical stacking. And he's like, you're right. No human being would stack books like this. Because <laughs> he's so like, like to me at that point, Vickman doesn't believe it. Like he doesn't really think that it's real. And he's just like, yeah, you're right. No human being would stack books like this <laughs> because Egon and Ray are taking it so seriously. And, and to me, he's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's like Vinkman's the guest star in an episode of Ghost Hunters. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Like, like Egon and Ray are just super serious on the, the night vision camera. Right. This guy's just along for the ride. He's like, oh yeah, stacked books. Haunted. Oh no, here's the ghost. Watch out. <laughs> I love that one. And and I, I've seen a meme where it, it has that picture and it's like no human being would stack books like this. And I'm like, wrong. <laughs> Have you seen my to be read list? Exactly. I don't talk about my to be read list. <laughs> yeah, mine's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's horrible. So I have two more as well. Okay. Let's see. Uh, well, that one, yeah. We'll save that one for the end. But um, the ultimate ghost, well, one of the ultimate Ghostbuster lines, he slimed me. <laughs> right, save some for me. <laughs> he slimed me. <laughs> I feel so funky. And what part in there do they say when he's like, listen, do you smell that? <laughs> listen, you smell something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love him laying on the ground and he's all slimed over. Like, such a good one. I love Slimer. And he's like a upside down turtle because of the proton pack on his back. So Right? He's literally just he can't get up. <laughs> trying to freaking wiggle his way over to get up again and he can't get up because you know, he has a, you know, 50 pound nuclear, whatever the hell they called it on his back. They're still just strapped to their back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good one. Chris, do you have any more? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the state puffed marshmallow man. Sorry. No, I just had to say no, it again. I, well, yeah. I just had to say it again. <laughs> it's the state puffed marshmallow man. It just, how, how matter of fact you deliver it's, that is, is so beautiful. that probably is my favorite because his face it's just like i mean obviously he knew because he thought it he's just so yeah matter of fact it's the stay puffed marshmallow man <laughs> uh, so in the in the 90s no early 2000s there was a ghostbusters video game and they got everybody mm-hmm. back to do the voices of their characters and it was really considered by a lot of the fans to be the third movie um at the time uh-huh. uh and some of the and all the achievements were lines from the movie uh and, and it's the one that caught me laughing as soon as it popped up on my screen on my xbox when i got the achievement which was mm-hmm. let me guess ghosts are worshipers mm-hmm. <laughs> uh because the, the look on Vankman's face when he delivers that line is <laughs> 
I'm going to be right, but I don't want to be right. Tell right. me I'm not right. Just let me guess. Perfect. Those are worshipers. Those are worshipers. <laughs> yeah. uh, another example of how just, and I keep saying this, but but uh, the man has built an entire career on being able to keep a straight face through yeah. fucking anything. Uh, and both in character <laughs> and the actor-wise, you could tell that he wanted to believe and didn't want to believe in the exact same right moment. right and so my my next one is similar it's similar but different in how he can like he can be deadpan but he can also like catch himself and be like um because the face he does in this one in between the lines when he's like um i'll i'll go check it check miss barrett out i mean i'll go check out miss barrett's apartment like his face, he's like, look at her apartment, check her out. And we'll go check out her apartment. Like the way that his face is when he like <laughs> says those, it's so funny. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 What, oh, uh... Okay. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll go to Miss Barrett's apartment and check her out. <laughs> we'll go check Which out Miss Barrett's great apartment. <laughs> piano solo with the next scene. <laughs> And it's like you're not you're not like a scientist. You're like a game show host. <laughs> right? Are you sure you're using that right? Yeah. Oh, and then I okay, Casey. I have one more, but Casey, if you have one, I'll let you go. Go ahead. Oh, mine's so not really that in the same. One, but it, it's fitting, but go ahead. Close to the same scene, and again, just another like you. A line you wouldn't laugh at unless you're really paying attention. But when she's telling them about what happened with the fridge and the eggs and whatever, he is, you don't usually see that kind of behavior in a major appliance. <laughs> it cracks me up every time. He's just like, oh, no, well, fridges don't usually act like that, right? <laughs> well, and I follow that up with like when he walks over to the fridge and he cracks the door and peeks in and he's like, oh my God god and she's like god he's like look at all this junk food and then he opens the door and there's like (laughs) no demon castle no hell dogs flying around no demon screaming zool blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. and she's like no damn it none of this was here he's like Okay. Well, I also like in that scene when she when he's like walking around and he goes into her room. She's like, "That's the bedroom," but nothing ever happened in there. I feel like that was the perfect time for him to make a joke, and they let it pass by. Every time I watch the movie, I'm like, "That's the bedroom," but nothing ever happened in there. That would have been a perfect time for a Vinkman joke. Yeah. Missed opportunity. I don't, I, I I feel like the one time Vinkman is silent. Is that moment where he's like, "Oh no, no, I, I need this job. We got to have this client." Because uh, yeah, I, I think the silence, the silence on that one is part of the humor. Vinkman's like, "What they should have done was pan to Vinkman, him going." Right. If he could have at least made a face, I feel right, like right. it would have yeah, been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I don't think he necessarily realized until uh, they're sitting at the firehouse having dinner, Chinese food for dinner. And he's like, uh, all right, I need to break into petty cash and get some money and, you know, schmooze our dinner, client, yeah. our only client that we mm-hmm. have. 
and keep her happy and Ray's all like um what you see here at this table is the remainder of the petty cash and he looks yeah. at him like this magnificent feast represents the last of the petty cash yeah and he's like eat slowly I, I love when uh Bateman's like get her that was your plan get her <laughs> very scientific <laughs> oh such a good movie because yeah, there a isn't movie. a whole hell of a lot of science in between those guys Egon's pretty scientific but um about it yeah yeah Ray's pretty pretty smart scientifically uh Vinkman's a con man with a couple of PhDs. Yeah. Which he uses to then con more people, like in the beginning with the two students. A like, couple of wavy lines. <laughs> I t- just, for the life of me, I could not, probably for the first 10 years of watching this movie, what the hell? I mean, why is he telling the one guy he's mm-hmm. always freaking wrong? But then the other girl who's never freaking right, she's always right. Well, same. I didn't get it either. There were two reasons. Boobs. Left and right. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, when you're a little kid, you don't get it. I was like, why is he doing this? (laughs) No, but yeah, when I became probably late middle school. Yeah, it's like, oh, him was trying to be honest. He was getting it in. Let's be honest. And it's another one of those that, that as a kid, you understand that Vegma's just fucking with the guy. He's just pranking him, yeah. Right. And then as you get older, it's like, oh, he's trying to get in there. And yeah. he's fucking with that guy. He's trying to nail a student. Bad right. Dr. Vinkman. Well, not his student. I don't think. Uh, well, technically, I think it's somebody who volunteered to the uh, experiment. We're paying you, aren't we? You can keep the five bucks. Yeah. This would be off here. Yeah. Oh, God. Love that movie. Okay. Let's be honest, though. Back in yeah, I want to go watch over, it again. Five bucks was a lot of freaking money. Well, yeah. not a lot of money, but, you know, it wasn't, you know, just five bucks. I gave you about two full tanks of freaking gas to go driving around with the Chicas. <laughs> Ain't nothing in 84 had that small of a gas tank. I'm in the middle of something, Ray. <laughs> uh, yeah. So great movie. Me too. Like I said, I'll watch it anytime it's on. It, yeah, it it's, drives it drives George crazy because he doesn't like it as much as I do. He likes it, but not like I do. George has no taste. I know. Except for with me. That's what he, he picked, said. He picked well. Yeah, this is definitely one of those what I call toss the controller movies. You're, you're, you're trail surfing, yeah. you hit it, and you, and you toss the controller aside. Um, possibly go grab some some popcorn or mm-hmm. some other snackage and a, and a beverage and enjoy it. Yeah, dude, that's the beauty of like today though, is if you're scrolling through the damn TV and you see it, okay, you can turn it on and hit pause and pause live. Right. TV. You- when we were for kids, sure, yeah. Oh no! If you were scrolling through the TV channels and saw it was on, oh no, you stopped and you freaking sat there until the movie was over because you couldn't. And you peed during commercials and hoped it didn't come back on. Right. Yeah. And hope that not too many people, the other people in the family, had to go on the same commercial break. Yes. 
Frank to get a picture of us all. Everybody look at your camera and smile. Or That's down. not what screenshot means, killer. Well, it doesn't mean money shot, right? So, oh. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, several years ago, they brought Ghostbusters back into theater for a one-night thing, and I think it was to, to really raise money for, for Afterlife. And I think it was right oh. around the time, or right before Afterlife was supposed to come out the first time before all the 9 million COVID delays. Right. Uh, and so I'm sitting there watching it uh, with Cassandra, and they, they cross the streams and blow up the state of Marshmallow Man. And, and of Aww. course, then Peck gets hit with the 900 pounds of shaving <laughs> cream over the fuck they use. Peck and I lean over to my to my lovely wife, um, and, and whisper in her ear, mm, "Marshmallow Bukaki." <laughs> and, and my loving, awesome wife looks at me, and in the sweetest, nicest voice possible, says. What in the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> At least she knows what Bukaki is. Oh, I'm not touching that joke. I, please don't. I don't want to know. No, I don't want to no. know you like that. Well, she was a sorority girl. She definitely knows what Bukaki is. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure I want you two to meet. I'm, I'm, I'm putting that out there. No, I, I'm pretty sure I need to meet her. I, I think we're going to be kindred spirits. Yeah. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> okay. So, really quick, I think we all three of us have basically kissed this movie's ass for the last two hours. I don't necessarily think we need to give more reasons as to why we love this movie so much. But... yeah. Um, you have to rank it. I'm gonna go ahead and give freaking the movie five out of five Stay Puff Marshmallow Mans just because it's it's must watch comedy if you're gonna become a comedy actor or comedy film writer or even a comedy TV writer. If you haven't seen this movie, then you don't know the first thing about freaking comedy. It's yeah. pure comedic genius from top to bottom, whether it's Reitman, Aykroyd, Ramis, Ernie, Bill Murray, Rick Moranis, Annie Potts. I'm... Who does your taxes? <laughs> hey, man, want to play part cheesy? Okay, sorry. I, I forgot about Lewis. He has so many cute lines, too. Okay, who brought the dog? <laughs> Somebody let me in. Yeah, uh, God. Uh, Lois, it, it's weird because in that movie you didn't think you'd need a, a comic relief character, but coffee? Yes, have some. Yes, uh, have just... some. <laughs> well, and realistically, he's one of those. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect the character and or the actor at all, but he's one of those characters that they probably really did not need to bring back for i mean he he's easily written out of the freaking story for ghostbusters 2 but i liked him no well i'm just saying but at the same when he time, puts on the suit and he's like i was born to wear this no you fucking weren't <laughs> but it was still cute <laughs> right 
but it just, it wouldn't have felt the same without him being there. Yeah. So, but yes, I five out of five for me. It's all the all the marshmallows out of all the marshmallows for me. If there were more than five out of five, I can give it that. Love this movie. Pretty sure probably Chris feels the same way. I'm going to give it four out of four crossed streams. There you go. I like yeah. it. Um, I like it. Because this, this punched through many barriers. This is a, a, a movie that, that works on so many levels and, and is timeless. It is aged beautifully. Yeah. And even the, even the effects, which by 84 standards were God level, even the effects have aged really well. I think so uh, too. So, this is a movie that that still works. And it's fucking hilarious, just, and it's oh fun God. for the whole family. Absolutely, like like we've talked about on on, on multiple multiple jokes. Yeah. Except for the the scene where where Dana's possessed, that that sequence is all adult. Yeah. Do you but want even this body? as a kid, yeah, I, I <laughs> yes, want you inside. No. Me. I didn't know what that meant. Right. Uh, there's two of you in there already. It's enough. Um, but. The, the vast majority of that movie the jokes work on multiple yeah. levels and so yeah it's fun for the whole family and we know because we grew up with it not right. knowing what all the jokes meant and it was still funny watched it as a kid watched it as a yeah. teenager watched it as a dirty old man and <laughs> and, and the jokes are still funny yeah. the, jo- the movie is still quotable you can start talking to somebody about this movie and start we've seen it tonight start one of the lines mm-hmm. and somebody cracks up and and who didn't think it would be so fucking cool to kill ghosts? Like, I mean, right. you know, I just if ghosts are real and you believe in that, or even if you don't, it's it was a new you know, like I like when he's like we're exterminators. Somebody saw a cockroach on twelve. It's like they are exterminators, but they're ghost exterminators, right. and it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and there's a specific. Yeah, All somebody- right. That owes a big thank you to this movie because without this movie there would be no ghost hunters or any of the other wealth of reality TV that are plastered all over freaking cable channels that deal with paranormal investigation. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there might have been some because just haunted houses have always been cool, cool. Uh, but uh-huh. I, I think I that this culturally kicked off a whole new type of comedy. <clears throat> you know, where you had not just a two guy buddy comedy, or not just something that only worked at, at certain levels, and, and then it, it did things like. The, the real Ghostbusters cartoon, which mm-hmm. again, not entirely for kids, but not entirely <laughs> for adults. Um, it, I learned a lot about sarcasm from watching that cartoon. Yeah. I learned a lot about it from this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sar- it's heavily laced with sarcasm. So, even for the most part, Ghostbusters. And also, um, one of the greatest movie theme songs of all time. Yeah, I mean, and okay, who to this day, uh, raise your hand and I'll count. If anybody says, 
Who are you calling or who you're going to call? Who Who says Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. There's another answer? Yeah. Is there another answer? No. Well, apparently kids today might not know. It's like, who are you going to call? Who are you calling? Ghostbusters. And I love in the second movie when they're doing the commercial, she's like, who are you going to call? (laughs) Like Ghostbusters. Oh no! Wait, that's in this movie. No, it's in the second no, movie. In the second Why do you have to keep going back to that that waste of celluloid? Because it's a great movie, and you can go fuck yourself. Uh, first of all, no, it's not. And second of all, if I could, I wouldn't be talking to y'all. <laughs> Casey, you know what? I like Ghostbusters too, and y'all can kiss my ass. I'm not saying I hate anyway, it. Anyway, it's not one of my all-time favorite sequels either it's better than alien it, 3 it's one of my all-time favorite sequels it's so, better than anyway. mutant ninja turtle secret of the ooze mm-hmm. <sighs> tough call no you cannot recreate the magic of the original tmnt no that is absolutely correct and ghostbusters i would say but they did a really good job new story they gave winston some more time they gave lewis and janine some more time like i liked it i'm sorry that movie is the is the epitome of hey bro you can look at my homework but don't copy it no you know what i'm posting a poll in the group page doing it okay that's all right i'm just gonna re-gift my vote fuck you Oh, I knew that was going to come out at some point. So that just about wraps up Ghostbusters. Yes. I would like to thank, as always, the dozens for always being here each and every week, as well as I would like to thank Chris for coming on and doing his first official episode of An Evening at the Movies. Thank you, Mr. Chris. Thank you. And, of course always thank you queenie for popping back in to help me co-host don't forget my friend thank you for coming back i'm right here thank you for showing up (laughs) mr stay puff marshmallow man (laughs) he's gonna play us out okay probably um do you have anything coming up on the SIP list other than you and Chris doing top five favorite Alan Rickman roles? I think that's got to be the next one because I have not scheduled myself out like you have, and I have no idea what I'm doing next. So we're going to do the top five underrated 90s fans. I thought you wanted to do Alan Rickman first. Well, yeah, I'm just saying we could do that one too. I've got that one ready yeah. to go as well. Yeah. Do I'm all for it. One day. But the I way guess. we talk, that's not an option. Yeah, uh, this has been going on for a minute and I haven't had dinner yet. Yeah, neither have I. And it's no, I think he means when we record Rickman and record the other one at the same time. And the way you and I, Casey, yeah. remember, we once talked so much there was a bonus episode. It was a good one too. It was a damn good bonus episode. Okay, well, I also remember doing an anniversary episode where I literally had to split the episode in two. Yes. And have a pre-show and a main event. 
which realistically probably... we all talk a lot to each other we love each other and that's why we do this stuff but also for listener engagement we have to rein it in i guess probably so really yeah. quick before we jump out of here um friday i will be discussing harry potter 2 with my other pod migo gene as well as um coming up early in march <laughs> look he's jerking his little weenus <laughs> not at the table not at the table carlos okay sorry go ahead <laughs> okay harry potter 2 with gene on friday and then early throughout march um amanda and i talked about it and i think i'm going to do um a brief overview of the phantom menace and attack of the clones and then Actually, the meat of the ad episode will probably be Revenge of the Sith, which will get us ready for doing Rogue One in May. Not on a particular day because Christmas. With Chris! Woo! Um, as well, the other movie I had on the table possibly was The Goonies as well. So be on the lookout for those. And as always, we will keep you updated on the group page as to what's coming up and when it's coming up and when people are healthy enough to record because yes we old and evidently sickly as well yeah so yay great episode guys yes thank you both for being here and like I said, thank you to the dozens, and I hope you guys all come back for an evening at the movies. An evening at the movies. Peace. Who can you call? Ghostbusters!